I'm Fred Wilgenberg with the podcast Hopefully Divided. A major issue for humanity is the big spiritual canyons that exist on many fronts and which are expanding. Some are entrenched in these divisions, others seem indifferent about them, and some embrace the plurality of differences. This podcast episode, A Different Approach at the Issue of Climate Change, is the third of three posts highlighting stances that I believe can hinder the spread of the gospel. My other two posts were written blogs and they can be found at my site www.peacewithinreach.com. They are titled Amazed by Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons and A Big Leap Often Expected. In my podcast, I typically have guests join me in a dialogue. This episode is different. I will play about nine minutes of parts of two YouTube videos of Dr. Catherine Hayhoe and talk about the subject matter. One of the first times that we went to church in Texas, I met a couple and we were introducing ourselves. They asked, what do you do? I explained that I studied global warming. And they said, oh, that's wonderful. We need somebody like you to tell our children the right things. You would not believe the lies that they're being taught at school. They told us that the ice in the Arctic is melting and it's threatening the polar bears. I said, well, I'm afraid that that's true. <laughs> There's often a perceived conflict between science and faith. It's a little bit like coming out of the closet, admitting to people that you are a Christian and you are a scientist. My husband, he is the pastor of an evangelical church, and many people would approach him to ask him questions about climate change. If anything, there's even more questions in the Christian community because we are targeted by so much of the disinformation that's going on. So that's why my husband and I decided to write a book together, a scientist and a pastor, on what a faith-based response to this problem looks like. With climate change, much of our response to this issue is emotional. The fear of how our lives would be irrevocably changed if we uprooted our entire economy and how our rights to enjoy the luxuries of energy and water might be ripped away from us. Well, as a Christian, we're told that God is not the author of fear. God is love. When we're acting out of fear, we're thinking about ourselves. When we act about love, we are not thinking about ourselves, we are thinking about others. Our global neighbors, the poor and the disadvantaged, the people who do not have the resources to adapt. And so I believe that we are called, first of all, to love each other, and second of all, to act. Am I a climate change evangelist? The evangel means good news. Climate change is not really very good news right now. But at the same time, I think it is good news to know that we have choices. And by making wise and responsible choices now, we can ensure that we protect the things that we care about the most on our planet for the benefit of the people who we know personally and those who we don't. I encourage you to watch that video. It can be either found on my website or just open YouTube and type in the title Catherine Hayhoe Climate Change Evangelist. That's Catherine with a K, 
Hayho is spelled H-A-Y-H-O-E. From my experience, you may need to scroll down a bit and find the 2 minute 50 second video. I'm not a scientist, I am a pastor, and I admit I believe climate change is adversely affected by humans. I have come to base that on what I learned from Christian scientists like Dr. Catherine Hayhoe, as well as reading articles from what I believe are non-biased sources such as the Institute of Physics, which teach that over 95% of scientists endorse a scientific consensus that anthropogenic uh, global warming is a real issue. Anthropogenic means originating in human activity. Yet still today, some two-thirds of evangelical Christians in America refuse to take global warming seriously. Why is that? Here's a clip from a second video, this time as part of an interview between Catherine Hayhoe and Bill Moyers. Wow. Well, if we start using the right things and doing the right things, we could probably save our planet. Do you often get feedback like that? Uh, in person, I would say there's more positive feedback than negative. But in terms of not in person, internet, email, letters, things like that, I would say it's probably about 99% negative. And I get five to ten times more hate mail from Christians than I do from atheists, for example. What? Well, caring about climate is entirely consistent with who we are as Christians. But over the last several decades, we have increasingly begun to confound our politics with our faith to the point where instead of our faith dictating our attitudes on po political and social issues, we are instead allowing our political party to dictate our attitude on issues that are clearly um, consistent with who we are. What does that tell you? Um, that this issue pushes a button. It is a giant red button as big as this table. And it really makes people mad because they feel like it threatens something that they hold dear. And that's because we've been told that you can't be a Christian or you can't be a conservative, or you can't be a person of faith, or even a person of integrity, and agree that climate is changing, that humans are responsible, and that there's something really important we need to do about it. Who's telling them that? Well, if you read the social science, which is honestly my favorite reading material these days, we have found out from social science that, number one, if you take conservative Protestants, and you ask them what they think about climate change, but you control for age, for conservatism and for political party affiliation, then the bias drops out. That's what is accounting for conservative Protestants thinking climate change isn't real. It's our political affiliation. But here's the thing. In the majority of cases, if you really dig down to the bottom of people's objections to climate change, they're not based on the science, they're based on the solutions. People fundamentally object to the solutions to climate change because climate change is a tragedy of the commons. So by definition, one individual's actions will not be sufficient to address the problem. We have to act together. Together it means government. People are fundamentally opposed to government solutions to a problem. And, but it's a lot easier to say it isn't a real problem than to say it is a real problem and it's a very serious problem, but we don't support any, any action to do anything about it. I think I hear you suggesting that, that conservative Christians are Republicans who are deeply influenced more by Republican opposition to government than by global warming itself. Because if they take the science seriously, 
we have to do something about it, and the only way we can do something about it is collectively through government. Yes, I believe actually that climate change is a casualty of much larger societal issues. Just to give you an example, going back even farther, when we talk about climate change, the words we hear are things like carbon tax and government legislation. If you go back in history, what was the whole American Revolution? What did the whole American Revolution come from? It came from tax and government tyranny and government imposing sanctions and taxes on people that they didn't think were fair. And so I think it's actually embedded in the American psyche to object to big government solutions that involve taxing people's rights to do or use whatever they want. You've been quoted saying you feel like the conservative community, the evangelical community, and many other Christian communities have been lied to. So with climate change, we have people who we trust in our community. We have people who are Christians. We have people who call themselves Christians. We have conservative leaders who may not be Christian but are very respected within the community. And these are the people standing up telling us it's a hoax, it's not real, or even maybe it's real but it's not a big deal and we don't have to worry about it. Well, this is the puzzling thing. You know, why so many conservatives in leadership positions, Republicans I'm talking about, why do they dismiss the science. What do they have to gain except the satisfaction that they're limiting the growth of government? That's, oh, that's a great question. And honestly, um, trying to figure out that question is one of the main reasons why um, I am now in a department of political science. My background's originally in physics and then atmospheric science. And then just a couple of years ago, I actually moved departments for multiple reasons, as all of us do. But one of the reasons is because I feel like the science is there. Um, we have all the information we need to take precautionary steps on this issue. It's not a scientific issue. It's not a matter of one more report will do it. One more national climate assessment, that's what will solve the problem. One more new analogy and people will get it. Information is not the answer. The answer has much more to do with who we are as humans and how we function politically. So why is it that two Christians walking down the same road of faith suddenly turn in exactly the opposite directions of belief about this issue of global warming? I think that relates to the fact that we often look to leaders we trust and respect to tell us what to think about it. And especially in the more evangelical parts of the Christian community, we have a leadership vacuum. I mean, aside from Billy Graham, it's hard to name a conservative Christian leader who's been around for decades. People come and go. We don't have a Pope Francis. We don't have... To listen to that full 25-minute interview, you can find the link on my website or just open YouTube and type in the title, Climate Change, Faith and Fact. I believe it would be worth your time. I'm imagining that some who are listening are continuing to feel either skeptical about the position of being concerned about human-caused climate change or indifferent about it. So the debate will continue. You read that? Well, I hear that the position of climate change as human-caused is fake news. As I said earlier, this podcast episode is the third of three posts highlighting stances that I believe can hinder the spread of the gospel. So. Aside from concerns about the future of the earth and the atmosphere and ultimately the health and well-being of humankind in light of climate change, 
I will speak for a few more minutes more directly to those who, like me, place their faith in Jesus Christ. Here's why I think the issue of climate change as human caused is a big deal as a hindrance to the spread of the gospel. If you put yourself in the shoes of those to whom you hope to share the gospel, wouldn't it seem odd and unlikely, if you were in their shoes, to join a faith movement which seems less respectful and less concerned than those who don't follow him about the creation made by the Creator? In essence, many Christians come across as anti-green, one of the main colors of living things designed by the Creator, and that seems hypocritical and ignorant to the masses whom the Christians are trying to reach. That's what I'm hearing from them. Let's close with an old 90s question. What would Jesus do about climate change? Wouldn't he clearly protect his father's creation? Wouldn't he care about improving how he gets his messaging across? I think he would want us to approach this with humility and with a deep concern for our neighbors, especially those who are most impacted and most vulnerable to, to the positions that we take on issues like climate change. Thank you for your time and listening to this, ep this podcast episode, A Different Approach at the Issue of Climate Change. I welcome your comments and feedback at my website or on our Facebook page. Uh, you can find this and all of my other posts at www.peacewithinreach.com. I'm now going to close this time in prayer. Father, I come to you in prayer now with humility, uh, with humility as I discuss um, on this podcast episode a big subject, uh, a very scientific subject, a very political subject, that being climate change and, and how humans may have an adverse or a, a big impact on climate change. To me, anyway, as a non-scientist, it's confusing and we hear a lot of uh, political debating on it. And so we, I come with humility, seeking your wisdom and your clarity on how you want us best to approach this. Uh, come also seeking and desiring your heart for people, people each and every one made in your image, your special image, loved by you, desired by you. Uh, May I have your heart, dear Jesus, uh, your heart of loving our neighbors and loving people around me as myself. And it's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.